Hi, I'm Morgan Goulet, a licensed marriage and family therapist. I work as a therapist in private practice and also serve as a clinical trainer for a nonprofit organization where I develop curriculum and provide trainings to staff and the community. My hope with this podcast is to decrease stigma around mental health and substance use and encourage a more open and honest conversation. We're all human and we've all experienced our own struggles, so let's talk about it. And I'm Whitney Hodak, a working professional in Los Angeles, California. I struggle with my own mental health and I'm just curious about mental health in general. On this podcast, I'll be the layman to Morgan's expertise. This podcast is an exploration into common mental health issues. While Morgan is a trained and licensed therapist and the advice and conversation may be useful and relatable to you, your own personal experience should be advised and guided by your own mental health care provider. Hi, everyone. Welcome to Emotional Curiosity. Today, we are going to be talking about imposter syndrome. Yeah. First, uh, what is it? Well, (laughs) (laughs) um, something that a lot of us struggle with, but it's loosely defined as just doubting your abilities or feeling like a fraud. Mm. Also, I want to point out that this uh, subject was brought to us by a listener. Yes, and a very accomplished listener at that. So a good friend of mine who is a uh, pharmacist, very smart, very accomplished woman, um, asked if we could talk about this topic, which I found really interesting because just like a lot of people who suffer from imposter syndrome or experience imposter syndrome, she's not someone you would expect or think would be feeling these things. Yeah, it's not atypical for the person to be uh, pretty high achieving and pretty successful Mm -hmm. and ultimately feeling like it's never enough. Yes, like it's never enough, like they're not doing enough or like they're going to be found out, right? Like I'm not actually good at this, but Mm -hmm. I'm just fooling everyone around me and someday they're going to like catch on that I actually suck. (laughs) Yeah, which is, uh, that's crazy, how yeah. do you, um, what's, what's going on there? Can you talk at all about the thought process? I mean, there can be a lot of things going on, right? Um, so when I was like kind of diving into like researching more about this and just like, is there, I guess, a place that it, something that it comes from? Cause I think when I think about imposter syndrome and my own experience with imposter syndrome, I struggle a lot with anxiety, right? So a lot of mine just stems from anxiety Um, which it certainly can be related to it, but not every person that has anxiety is going to experience imposter syndrome and not every person that has imposter syndrome has anxiety, not like other anxiety, at least, you know, imposter syndrome is kind of its own anxiety, I would say. Um, But okay, wait, hold on. I I just spewed a lot of information. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I would assume if you have, if you're struggling with imposter syndrome, syndrome, you're struggling with uh, anxiety as, and so you just kind of mentioned like there is specific to imposter syndrome. That is the anxiety associated, right? Like you're specifically anxious about your performance or other people thinking that you're not good enough or feeling like you have to prove yourself, but you may not necessarily have anxiety in other areas of your life. Mm -hmm. Okay. Thank you. Yeah. Sorry for that was, (laughs) sorry for that confusion. Um, but when I was kind of looking into this, it can of course come from, maybe information you received when you were younger from your family, from other people around you that were maybe telling you that you weren't good enough or even just like putting a lot of pressure on you, right? So like households where they have very high expectations, um, they push you really hard. Maybe you're expected to get straight A's. You're expected to go to a top university. You're expected to do all these things that of course could lead to Mm -hmm. feelings of imposter syndrome. Um, 
also parenting styles that are like more controlling or overprotective. Um, they find that people with imposter syndrome often um, have parents that are more of those uh, or parent in that way more. Mm-hmm. Um, but then also just inconsistent praise or, or criticism. So if you're getting praise from your caregivers, but it's maybe not consistent where like you get an A on a test one week and they're like, great job. They put it on the fridge. They're proud of you. But then two weeks later you get another A and it's kind of like ignored. And so there's this inconsistency. Mm-hmm. Um, so those are kind of some of the things upbringing that could lead to this, but it's also not necessarily a cause of like your upbringing. Right. I think also mm-hmm. if we just look at our society as a whole, uh, what our expectations are, um, and then also particularly for, you know, minorities, uh, women, um, anyone who's not like a white male, essentially, they tend to suffer more from imposter syndrome because there's, you know, a lot of obviously societal um, things that go into that, uh, which we could certainly unpack, but would mm-hmm. be a, a long episode. Um, but there's just that feeling of like constantly having to prove yourself to be good enough or be deserving of the spot that you've been, you know, given or acquired. Yeah. I read a couple of things um, that you mentioned also that um, in terms of like, if you don't want your child to develop this, you mentioned a few things, but also I saw on psychology today that they mentioned just across the board um, praise just across the board, just constant, like constant every, everything you do is amazing. Yeah. That could, well, I mean, that's, that's great until you, maybe until you get into the real world and, and then you're, you're like, not getting Wait, that constant praise. What's yeah. real. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then the opposite also being nothing that you do is ever good enough. Yeah. That type of situation, which you also touched on. Yeah, absolutely. But then, um, I also read a whole article from the Harvard <laughs> Business Review about imposter syndrome as it relates to women and minor- mm. minorities because the conflation of the two may not be um, the best thing to do because, as you mentioned, all of the societal... There are some systemic things in our society that you know women and people of color in the workplace experience more than say your white man Mm -hmm. and there are things going on underneath the surface that may lead to feelings of imposter syndrome syndrome this is what I've read I don't know but should not necessarily be described as imposter syndrome right um like microaggressions in the workplace Mm -hmm. like that it's, it's kind of like gaslighting a little bit you know um, and it leads you to these feelings of like, you have to go an extra step to prove yourself. You have to do all of these additional things. You'll never mm-hmm. be good enough. But that's not that's specific to like a workplace. And it has different factors than just your your sp- own thoughts. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and I think that that's a really important distinction to make or think about, I guess, when talking about imposter syndrome is like one imposter syndrome isn't a diagnosis. It's not like an actual syndrome or like problem mm. um, that you have. It's someone wouldn't come into me and I would say, I'm going to diagnose you with imposter syndrome. Right. Um, but they may experience feelings of that. And so kind of unpacking like 
am I experiencing imposter syndrome because I feel that I'm not good enough. I'm not worthy of the position that I have or the life that I have, or I feel like I have to prove myself to people or are things actually being said and done to me that are making me feel that way? Mm -hmm. Am I being told that I'm not good enough? Am I, you know, experiencing microaggressions, all of those things, because those are very different. Yeah. So it's sort of, um, the difference here being outside influences versus what you are thinking specifically about your own performance that may not have any bearing. Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. And so I think when we're talking about like truly experiencing imposter syndrome and having those feelings with really no like basis or, Mm -hmm. or necessary like reason, if you will, to have them, um, that's, where we see a lot of this among like high achieving people, right? Uh, people with, um, I also found that it's more common among people that have anxiety and depression, which makes sense. Mm-hmm. Um, you're already experiencing some level of distress, anxiety, sadness, worthlessness, whatever about your own life. And so then it kind of just like expands into all these other areas. And we often do see it come up in the workplace as adults, at least. Okay, so have you experienced imposter syndrome? I sure have. Tell me all about it. (laughs) Um, Well, I think just as a therapist in general, this is something that I know all of the colleagues that I work with and also I see talked about a lot like in the therapist community um, is this imposter syndrome, right? Because therapy and social work and just any sort of like counseling profession is such a unique job um, to have. And so sometimes you're going through your own shit in your life, right? Like you don't have your own stuff together. You're maybe a new therapist, so you're still learning and growing. And then people are coming to you for like guidance, you know, and, you know, letting you know, like, the worst things that they've been through or like the struggles that they're going through in their own life. And sometimes it can feel like, well, who the fuck am I to, <laughs> to help you? Like, I just, I, I was just struggling with the same thing you were, you're talking about right now this morning, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and so I think that those feelings of imposter syndrome are very common amongst therapists. And it kind of just gets to a place where I don't think that it necessarily goes away a hundred percent, but you kind of learn to become more, confident of course in your abilities as you grow but then also just comfortable in like the fact that you are still a human being right and yeah you are flawed and you are going to make mistakes and you don't have all of the answers and that's also okay so how do you deal with that so I mean you personally me personally (laughs) (laughs) I I'm currently struggling with imposter syndrome not related to my like direct uh therapy work but just related to my other job um, because I'm growing in my career and I'm like, Oh, am I, do I know what I'm doing? Like, I think I do, but I don't know. Mm. Are people going to find out that I don't know what I'm doing Um, when I do, but you know, there's just those feelings of like insecurity um, as you grow. So since you just like, said you do know what you're doing do you just is it just you have to like remind yourself you're spinning out a little bit but you actually do know what you're talking about (laughs) yeah that's part of my process um and I think also recognizing that you have to shift your perspective right where it's okay to make mistakes where I think that oftentimes when we're struggling with imposter syndrome and I know at least for myself I 
feel like a failure if I make a mistake, right? And I expect myself to do everything right the first time. And that's just not <laughs> realistic in any in any way. This sounds a lot like our, our perfectionist, perfectionist episode. Yeah. <laughs> I did read that this tends to impact people that are that have perfectionist in, uh, tendencies a yes. lot. Yeah, it, it does, which again, like makes a lot of sense. Mm-hmm. Um, so shifting your perspective of it's okay if I don't know everything. It's okay if I make a mistake. But also then, like you said, recognizing what do I know? What am I doing well? And that could be, of course, related to work. If that's what you're struggling with, it could be looking at other things you're doing well in your life and like recognizing those things. And I think also shifting the perspective of oftentimes when we're struggling with imposter syndrome, we think that like everyone around us is doing everything right. They have all the answers. They know what they're doing, but like no one knows what the fuck they're really doing. (laughs) Yeah, we're all doing life for the first time (laughs) yeah we're all just trying to figure it out and so I think that kind of shifting your perspective to like okay I am good at these things I do know what I'm doing in these areas and also it's okay if I make mistakes and these people are also probably experiencing similar thoughts or have at some point and so we're all just like trying to get through this together I think that perspective shift at least for me is really helpful Yeah. And then I think, well, a lot of what I read when I was looking into this was a reference to the workplace. And um, Mm -hmm. I can imagine that people feel imposter syndrome in all different aspects of their lives. Like, I think we hear a lot um, from like motherhood, like I'm not Um, a good enough mom, I'm not doing enough. How do you I mean, that's a lot. Yeah, I am not a parent. Uh, I'm not a parent either. (laughs) So so. I cannot directly relate to that experience. But I mean, yeah, I think you hear from parents constantly. It just feels like you're just never doing enough or never doing it right. And I think there's so much pressure Mm. on parents to do it like, quote, right and like raise your child in the best way possible, Mm -hmm. um, which is impossible. Yeah, you will mess them up. Every and even, <laughs> even if you do everything right, they're still going out into the world. Yeah. Right. You can't protect them from everything. So all you can do is your best. Mm. And I think that that's like, you know, easier said than done to be like, okay, I've done my best. So let me just <laughs> relax and not care about raising my child perfectly. But yeah, the reality is that there is no perfect. And like, as long as you are taking care of them, loving them, Mm -hmm. providing that consistent support and like meeting, you know, their like physical and emotional needs. Yeah. They're going to be all right. Yeah. And even I can think of like friendships, like I'm not being a good enough friend Yeah, and stuff like that. I think you have to measure by what does being a good friend mean to you Mm -hmm. and what does being a good friend mean to your friend? Totally. Which is they're different. Yeah, absolutely. And that can kind of go back to like our boundaries conversation, right? Mm -hmm. Of like, what are my expectations? What are this person's expectations? And can I meet those expectations Mm -hmm. currently? Are they even expecting this from me? Or do I just think they're expecting this from me? Right. Uh, Which I think is where a lot of like the imposter feelings come from. It's like, it's not even anyone else's thoughts, expectations, anything. It's just a lot of our own Mm -hmm. insecurities and anxieties playing out. The thing that I find to be impressive about people with imposter syndrome is their continued growth and success um, and not being 
discouraged by these thoughts, but continuing to strive. Yeah. Wow. And I think that that's one side of or one end of the spectrum. But then I think there's also the other end of the spectrum where it can cause you then to not take risks, not Mm. not go for like growth opportunities, not push yourself. Um, And so oftentimes we hear it talked about more with really high achieving people who are, like I said, pharmacists or Mm -hmm. doctors or CEOs or whoever, um, that you're like, wow, you struggled with that. You seem like so put together and you're so smart. Mm -hmm. Uh, But then there's also the other end of the spectrum where people are maybe, we're seeing more of like the depressive symptoms Mm -hmm. um, where they are just struggling and they don't view themselves as worthy of anything. So they just don't really try because they don't want to fail, right? Um, Where I think the other side is able to either cope or use that imposter syndrome as fuel to like get better. Right. They'll Mm -hmm. like kind of go the extra mile. They'll work 12 hour days till they figure out what the fuck they're doing. Mm -hmm. They'll, you know, do everything to meet that. Um, and actually get to a point where then it's like, okay, they, they are successful and they know, you know, they, they have the answers uh, to get rid of that feeling essentially. Yeah. So, um, that's probably a good point too. Like, this uh, disproportionately affects high achieving people, but it doesn't necessarily exclusively affect people like that. Yeah. And it sounds like in line with that being too afraid to fail or try. Yeah. Then maybe you may not be as successful because you're too afraid to try. Right. It, It could even be like as simple as you get comfortable in your job or your position Mm. and you don't which of course if you don't want to you know grow or change jobs like that's all well and fine but if you do but then you kind of convince yourself to stay in that same job stay in that same role for your entire career or for an extended period of time because you're scared of doing something different and failing or you don't Mm -hmm. feel deserving of that um so it can cause people to kind of be less risk-taking yeah the idea about like deserving it is interesting like there's the one side where you work really hard you have all of the knowledge and you've you've done the work Mm -hmm. but deserving like that's a whole who's even judging that yeah I was gonna say that's like a whole nother thing is like what is what does that even mean yeah and who is the arbiter of like doling out deserving like right you deserve you don't but we all did the same work. I don't care. <laughs> yeah. I think a lot of that just is kind of our society. Right. And like our culture, especially American culture around work um, and like expectations and who deserves to get what job and what, you know. Yeah. That's in everything. <laughs> it's an interesting point about like culturally, because Americans, we have just like this work, 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 work all the time. And so if you're achieving, but you didn't put in the 80 hour work week, do you deserve it? Yeah. Like, well, you figured out how to do it better. Good job. Exactly. (laughs) I was going to say you're even, you're even more deserving because you figured (laughs) out how to work, work harder, um, within less time. And so like, I think that that seems to be a little bit of a shift that's happening, at least with like millennials and, you know, the younger generation is, we are starting to recognize that like, I don't want work to be my entire life and I don't have to work 80 hours a week to be successful or to achieve my Mm -hmm. goals. 
I think that that particularly is something that I do struggle with um, because I've been striving to create a work-life balance Mm -hmm. and by not being constantly available the way that I see like some some other um, peers in my industry I'm just like maybe I don't maybe I'm not as committed to this but Mm -hmm. I really do like what I do I just don't want to be beholden to it 24 7 right which you shouldn't have to be it takes the fun out of it exactly then you're not working 80 hours versus 40 or 50 or however many hours you're working doesn't make you any better like yes you are working more you're probably potentially accomplishing more because you're working more hours but that doesn't mean that you are like better at your job or a better person or a better boss or anything Mm-hmm. It could mean that you're accomplishing more and meeting like company deadlines and goals, but also like what's going on in the rest of your life. And so mm-hmm. having that balance, even if you're achieving at work, then that could cause you to feel like I'm not being a good friend or I'm not being a good parent or I'm not being a good partner. Mm-hmm. Um, so balance is key. Balance is <laughs> key. Everything. I think the concept with imposter syndrome about um, being nervous about being found out is mm-hmm. really interesting and sounds that sounds really difficult to live with. Yeah, it sounds stressful. <laughs> I mean, you talked about your yeah. like <laughs> it is the, stressful. It's like uh. living in constant fear of like getting in trouble for something that you didn't do. Right. I don't know um if you've seen any of these like memes or videos, but I saw this one recently where a friend sends um a video. It's like millennials paid um all this money and went to college for four years to be scared of opening an email because like you get an email from your boss or a call from your boss and you're like, Oh shit. Like what did I do wrong? Um, just that constant fear that you're going to be in trouble even though you haven't done anything. Well, I experienced that. (laughs) You don't usually call me. What do you want? Right. Yeah. If it's not someone that you typically talk to. Yeah. Um, but it is an interesting thing to think about. And like, I don't think that, maybe not ever in my life, but I don't regularly have thoughts about other people thinking that they aren't good enough or you don't deserve, you're not smart enough for this position or you don't know enough to have this position or or any of those things. And so it's interesting that we feel that way about ourselves. Yeah. We spend so much time thinking about our, our own performance and our own um, input that Nobody has the time to think about anybody else's performance. (laughs) Yeah. And I think that's the reality of the situation is that, of course, we, I think we can recognize if someone's just genuinely not doing their job, right? Like, (laughs) certainly had that experience where you're like, you're, what are you doing? Mm. Um, But if you're doing the shit that you're supposed to be doing, no one is looking at you thinking that it's not, or they shouldn't be. (laughs) If they are, then they are not maybe a great person but Mm. um that you aren't doing enough or that it's not good enough or that you are a fraud or any of those things yeah they're they're also worried about their own performance and their own shit that they have going on and their own boss that they have to talk to oh so true that so that kind of comes back to just like having some perspective if you're feeling like you're experiencing this just think about how much time you spend thinking about your own performance, mm-hmm. you're not that different from everybody else around you. Right. So give yourself a break because probably people are not looking at you like 
this person is an idiot. How did they achieve so much? (laughs) Totally. And I think that that's where also just talking about it can be really helpful too. So whether it's talking to a coworker or a friend or a therapist, like someone that you trust and that likely has like a positive view of you, right? Mm. Um, Because that can, one, help you express those feelings that you're having which is helpful but then too like also provides the opportunity for them to give feedback of like no I don't think those things or I've never noticed that or these are like the qualities that I do see in you which can help bring down maybe some of that anxiety that you're having Mm -hmm. any other recommendations of some coping skills yes so I think that learning to celebrate yourself is also important um so if you do get that promotion or you just like do well on a project or whatever you have a good day as a parent, like Mm -hmm. anything, um, celebrating those successes either, you know, on your own with others. Um, that could be anything from like throwing a little party for yourself, or it could be like having a bubble bath, like, you know, just celebrating yourself and recognizing, uh, your success is important, especially if you're struggling with this. And I also read like, just making a list of what you've achieved so that you can, you just put it down on paper. You are more competent and capable than you think you are. You just have to remember the things that you've done. Totally. And that's um, one or similar to that is one that I use when I was in grad school, actually one of my supervisors recommended like keeping cards or anything that clients gave us And she said she kept them like in her car so that if she was having a shitty day or had a bad session, she could kind of look at that and be like, okay, I'm not a terrible therapist. Mm -hmm. Um, And so I've, I actually have a folder on my phone, on my photos where I have like screenshot, like text messages that people have sent me expressing like gratitude, whether it's clients or work people or whoever emails that I've gotten, Mm -hmm. um, you know, from colleagues or like different um, things that I have achieved so that I can look through that and remind myself like, oh, okay, yeah, I'm, I'm actually not all those things that I'm thinking I am in my head right now. And other people have experienced like growth or felt positively about me or the work that we've done together or thought I did a good job on something, you know, it just kind of gives you like that little reminder and boost. Yeah. Anything else? Um, well, I know I've talked a bit about self-compassion before, but I mean, just practicing, learning about self-compassion and practicing self-compassion, I think is, uh, very important for a lot of reasons, but especially when struggling with things like imposter syndrome. And so just starting to treat yourself the way that you treat others. Right. And we, we touched a bit on that, but really just like being kinder to yourself Mm -hmm. and not having these expectations that you have to be perfect or that you have to do xyz in order to deserve whatever circumstances you currently have Mm -hmm. um and just really appreciating like the good things about yourself things that you have done and recognizing those things um and not beating yourself up when you make a mistake or you fail or have a bad day yeah and so since this is not like a diagnosable actual syndrome syndrome maybe isn't the right word but it is what it is um it's it's like fully recoverable like you don't always have to feel like this you can Mm -hmm. do the steps that we just talked about to get yourself out of it and hopefully like not 
feel like that in the future. Yeah, exactly. And I think for a lot of people, it's not something that they're maybe constantly struggling with, but it may be circumstances that they're in, right? So I mentioned that I'm growing in my career. So like transitions are a trigger for this. So if you have some sort of transition that could cause these feelings to come up. Mm -hmm. And so reminding yourself that this is temporary. This is why Mm -hmm. I'm having these feelings. And these are some things I can do to help myself, you know, cope with it and kind of get through this stage um, so that it doesn't extend on. Definitely taking a minute to recognize what's going on in your life, making you feel this way is so helpful. Yeah, absolutely. Okay. Well, anything else we should touch on for this? Um, I don't think so. If you're interested in hearing more about imposter syndrome, I actually listened without even planning to up to a podcast that was about this a couple weeks ago um, from Hidden Brain. And it's called The Psychology of Um, Self-Doubt. Touched on a lot of the same things that are same themes that we've touched on. Uh, But it was really interesting. So if you're interested in hearing more, that's a that's one I'd recommend. Great. And for our listeners, if you have any other topics that you're interested in, we'd love to hear about it. So you just let us know in the comments section on our page. Yeah. Thanks for listening.